The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Our nation, no one has to say, is in trouble. We can all see that a nation can survive its foods and even its ambitions, or rather maybe the ambitious. But it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gate is thus formidable, for he is known and carries his banners openly against the city. But the traitor moves among those within the gates freely, his sly whispers rustling through all the alleys, heard in the very halls of government itself. For the traitor appears not as a traitor. He speaks in the accents familiar to his victims. And he wears their face and their garments. And he appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly, secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillows of a city. 
He infects the body of politic so they can no longer resist. A murderer is less to be feared. Do you see that today? Is this not our case? It's the will that goes around and time that comes back. History repeats itself. That statement, a nation can survive its foes, is Cicero, 45 years before Jesus Christ. Amazed? Not because truth is truth. This country has had its enemies and and is lost. The enemies did. But now with them we have something that's going on. We have to ask ourselves, why is it? Moral decay. That's the reasons. You're protected from this when you keep your morals. When you're not, all kinds of sorts of things start to happen. We have many judgments coming down the road to us on all levels. So our lady says, don't judge. We don't have to. The natural course of nature, when you violate natural laws or nature's laws and nature's God, corrects itself. It's self-judging. And so we have the soul of our nation in rot. Many today, and conservatives, and all the bloggers, and everybody's writing about the Benghazi thing. They say this is going to bring Obama down. Really? You really believe that? He can't escape this one. He can be impeached from this. I'm amazed that those who would be on the right side of thinking, those who might be more conservative, more Christian, are still blind. They're not looking at this through prayer. They're not seeing it through biblical eyes, through the biblical worldview, through the messages. Even many miserable people. And so now everybody's sold on the idea this was a cover-up. The Benghazi, the seven hours that the Navy seals on top of the building was trying to protect it, all this is such a scandal because it's covered up of incompetence. That amazes me that the people who have been in line with our thinking in many ways says that this is due to incompetence. How can it be that Libya's president that day or the next day, I read immediately, said this was a terrorist attack? It was not a mob and spontaneous as everybody from the president on down was saying. And then everybody's so excited. These hearings are going on now. And we're going to get to the bottom of this. The bottom of this was exposed when it happened. If you knew your enemy and you knew yourself. But you don't know yourself because you won't think that people would do something like this. And they're still missing the point. This is a, this is a, this is a huge, huge thing to happen. And it was calculated and it was measured. It's not due to any incompetence. You can't be that incompetent. You can't tell orders stand down to different people that were ready to go in, including an aircraft carrier or one of the big ships on the ocean. Repeatedly, the laser was put on one of the mortars that was going to be do it, asking for them to shoot it. They didn't do it from the sky. They could have done everything. All this was warned. No, Obama had to have this. They planned this. They calculated this. You mean they come up with the Muslim movie all of a sudden? That was in the pocket already before this happened. 
anywhere we know we got strife and trouble in our military or in our, our areas we're protecting our areas areas that's, that's hot beds where we have military because of their hot beds, all you got to do is create a vacuum. If you create a vacuum and you back away, what's going to happen? Just exactly what happened at Benghazi. They wanted that. If you knew your enemy, you'd know they wanted that. But because you don't, you think, okay, now it was a blunder. It's incompetence. This is impossible to be incompetent. You can't make so many directives that way because of incompetence. It had to be calculated. That comes the question in, why was it calculated like this? It was calculated real simply. Just what I wrote in they fired the first shot back in May before all this happened. That Obama was going to steal the election. Some people now are alluding to this. He did this because he had to steal the election. But they mean, by covering this up, that if they saw the blunders of his administration, he wouldn't become president. No, he wanted it so he could cover up the voter fraud that would take place. The swing stakes, no more than a few hundred thousand votes in each one of those. They were taken. This was stolen. You say, do I have the evidence? Do I have the facts? I know my enemy. Do you think a detective, after 30 years, or 10 years even, being a detective, that he has no evidence, that he not starts looking at the scene of the crime and think like the murderer thinks? You're not thinking like Obama thought and those behind Obama thinking. If you think like they think, this is not a cover-up. They're not going to let something this big happen through incompetence if they didn't want it to happen. And maybe appear as incompetence or whatever you want to say, because they don't care. Nothing's going to happen to Obama after these hearings. He's going to sail through this. He's got the means. He's got the power to overcome it. And they knew that wouldn't happen before it happened because they put, created a vacuum to make it happen. Why a diversion? March 16th, Friday afternoon, had to have something that would cover up that executive order. NDAA, right? It's NDAA. <laughs> where he took enormous authority, more than any other presidents. In fact, so much authority, it was equal to all the pre presidents that we've had since the beginning of this nation. They had to cover it up. They already had a predetermined news story that they scanned that wasn't making headlines, wasn't even known, and Monday morning it broke and stayed in the news forever. I say forever because something staying that hot for two months in the media is forever. That doesn't happen. It was pushed, it was calculated to cover up his March 16th executive order so you'd never look at it. And so here's we had the Benghazi thing. Of course, that's Trayvon Martin and Zimmerman case that you hear nothing about now and the media cares nothing about it because it served its purpose. The NDAA is now it's old news. It's broken out. Nobody ever put much attention on it except through that fact the first shot does. And we call Obama for what he is, a tyrant and tyranny. And we just saw, he's in, I think it was Ohio, that he's, uh, we just got to reading, that he's referring, some people calling him a tyrant. Where's that coming from? I don't, I don't read that from nobody else. It came from the book. Because he is. Tyranny's reign because God's allowing that to happen because of our immorality. So sticking to the point, Benghazi was not due to incompetence, Benghazi was not a happen chance thing. Benghazi was a vacuum created for the purpose of exactly what took place. It was to be used 
as a volume on a radio dial. You can turn it up or down. If they wanted to get big, if somebody started getting on the heat and the, investigating this voter fraud that took place, turn it up and just let the struck and everything go to it that way. The cover-up would happen. They knew six months later or eight months later or whenever it came up, they could handle it once they're in office. And so a detective has been a detective. He thinks and he starts looking without the facts of the way the murder would work and what he would do and why he would do it. And then he creates that and then he starts finding the evidence. You want to find out why this happened in Benghazi? You do a real, real investigation in these swing states and all the, all the polls, uh, the different polls, where there was 145% vote for Obama. So 100% people registered, 45% over that. Our 100% vote. Saddam Hussein didn't get that. Chavez didn't get that kind of vote. So this is nothing about a cover-up now. This is nothing about incompetence. This is planned. You can't get that Muslim movie that they brought up, or the 10-minute script of it. They already had that there in the bag. Everything was there. It doesn't take a whole lot of sense. It takes really looking at something that you have no evidence and I'm not citing any facts. I just know the enemy. This is the way it is. So don't buy into it that we're going to get an impeachment through this. Oh, it should be impeachment. It could happen. Everything's there for it. But you don't know the enemy. I say all these things because a nation can survive as fools and even as ambitious. Cicero went to the city that he talks about those inside to the baseness that lies deep within the hearts of all men. Because of our immorality, we have something immoral, greatly immoral happening in our government. And it's got a judgment against us. There's no way to stand down this. There's no way to get through up. Our system is corrupt. And so what's under the attack that can affect everybody in this nation? Our economy, our economic system, the dollar, every decision Obama's making... And yes, we pray for our enemies. Yes, we're to love our enemies. But you better know your enemy. You better understand it. And you better realize that your enemy gets over you because of your not being protected. Taking away your liberty because you sinned. I've sinned. And now we find ourselves in this situation. And nobody can still read the script. That's what amazes me. The Benghazi thing is almost humorous to me. I don't understand why people can't see it. Except they're not praying. You go back and look at the situation. You cannot sell me anyway, and know yourself if you look at this thing and the timetable of how these things happen, that this was incompetence. This is purely 100% calculated before the attack. Back away, let them swarm in. Let's keep it hush-hush. If somebody starts going and sniffing in the wrong places about these votes, turn up the volume and let Obama be attacked on that. He'll deal with that. We're fools. Just fools. That's all we are. And so now we have something else about our dollar that Joan has to read about now that really is all still related to this because we have a judgment against our nation to purify it and literally to destroy it. You say, God really would want to destroy our country? No, our sins does. God just backs away from it. Romans 1. And he turned them over to themselves. And this is what we are. Israel was destroyed and resurrected. 
It was crushed so severely that it thought it could never rise. All right, it's here that we rise back out of this mess. She's come here to clean up this mess. And so now speaking from Benghazi to our economy, where we are with this, the handwriting's on the wall. Lord Christopher Montkin of Brenchley, UK, who was an advisor to Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, wrote the following writing entitled, The Dollar and the USA is Toast. Obama has done it. He has brought America down. It only took him just over four years. The Republicans could have stopped him. They didn't. How did the nihilistic left succeed in destroying America? Simple. They learned just a little of the capitalism they hate, and they drove your nation into outright bankruptcy. And here is what the GOP has to say about it. Just about nothing. The once mighty United States is now the most indebted nation on earth. In round numbers, here are just some of the vital statistics as the patient dies. National debt, $17 trillion or $50,000 per man, woman, and child or $150,000 per taxpayer. Annual federal deficit, $1 trillion. Medicare, Medicaid, Obamacare, $1 trillion a year. Social Security, another $1 trillion a year. Defense, two-thirds of a trillion. Unemployment handouts, $2 billion per working day. Debt interest, $1 billion per working day. Federal pensions, ditto. Now for the big numbers. Your government's Social Security liability is as big as the national debt, $17 trillion. Its prescription drug liability is $22 trillion. Then there's the Medicare liability of $86 trillion. Total unfunded liabilities of the U.S. government are $125 trillion. Net assets for each U.S. citizen are $300,000. The net liability of the U.S. government shared among its citizens amounts to almost four times that, $1.1 million ahead. And the government's debt is growing at $1 million every 45 seconds. To cover its annual deficit, it is printing $1 trillion a year of currency that is not backed by any asset whatsoever. Here is what will happen next. When the crash comes, don't say you weren't given fair and clear warning. First, the dollar will cease. No, make that is already ceasing to be the world's reserve currency. China, as I have been warning you, has realized the dollar is finished, so is quietly making startling progress with bilateral and multilateral deals to replace the dollar with yen as the world's currency of choice. Sterling, once the world's reserve currency, went precisely the same way in 1967 under orders from Moscow, which then largely controlled the governing Socialist Labour Party in Britain. After the Second World War, the Socialist Communist governments of Attlee and Wilson bankrupted Britain with health care and welfare programs and nationalization of industries. Inflation rose to 27%. Obama's copycat policies are different in only one respect— 
Moscow is no longer calling the shots. International totalitarianism no longer needs direction. Its cruel, hate-filled, destructive mission now advances on autopilot. Watch some of the straws in the wind. China and Korea have come to a little-noticed agreement that international trade between them will no longer be dominated in U.S. dollars, but in yen or yuan. Behind the closed mahogany doors of the world's finance houses, elaborate and secret preparations are being made for the upheaval and international financial collapse that will follow the deliberate printing out and consequent implosion of the dollar. Your GOP representatives should be, but are not, asking the administration to reveal to them the ever-tougher terms on which the Chinese continue, with ever-greater reluctance, to lend money to keep their communist ally in the White House afloat. Do not believe China cannot afford to let her biggest creditor fail. She can. She will. And she is making careful preparations to do just that. If you thought the crash of 2008 was bad, think again. The crash that is coming, I cannot put a date on it, but it is not far away now, will be orders of magnitude worse. So what should you do to protect yourself and your family? First, get rid of every dollar you have. Dollars are now all but worthless. When the crash comes, they will have no value at all. In hard times, most financial instruments, currencies, stocks, bonds, are not worth the paper they're printed on. Get rid of them now. Buy silver coins. They will quintuple in price once the crash sets in, and they are small enough to be fungible when the dollar dies. Buy land, some of it well-wooded, some of it arable, some of it grassland. You will need the timber to power your steam tractor. Gasoline will be a costly rarity, and make sure you can defend yourselves. Starving mobs are no respecters of persons. Do what the Mormons do. Get three months' supply of imperishable foodstuffs and hide them in the basement. Absurd, though this advice may now seem, there is real danger that the crash will be sudden. If so, perhaps for several months or even for years, the fabric of civilization, including the food supply chain, will fail. It is not my custom to write in millenarian or apolyptic terms, but the very best that can be said for your current administration is that it simply has no idea what damage it is doing. It is printing money in the vain hope of buying itself time, yet every fake dollar that comes off the printing presses makes the problem worse and the solution harder. At worst, what is now happening to your nation may be deliberate. In that event, your current president will go down as history's greatest villain. In any event, he will go down as history's greatest incompetent. Do not believe none of this can happen. Psychiatrists study what they call normalcy bias. People expect that everything will carry on and that America is too big to fail. She is not. She has failed. You will pay a heavy price for her failure unless you act now to defend yourselves against what your government, with the culpable silent acquiescence of the GOP, is doing to destroy your nation. Finally, pray. God bless America. It has been nice knowing you. Only when you are gone will the, real, the world realize how much it misses you, and paradoxically, how much it owes you. We're suffering from normalcy bias with Benghazi. 
many are writing right now saying that it's much bigger than Watergate because what happened there, there was an impeachment. We're going to do the same. We're not in the same time. We're not in the same era of history. Because the economy used to be what it is, and we operate still underneath those principles, we're suffering from enormous bias that we're going to recover. Just yesterday, the headlines. The sun is setting on the American economy. Another headline. Two-thirds of America will lose everything, or rather two-thirds of America to lose everything because of the crisis. The name of last week's Mejanama show was you're insane to have your money in the bank. Here is one week later, we have somebody writing saying that. Get your dollars out of the bank. Why are we not seeing this? Why can't we see the Benghazi with clarity? In the Constitution, it says to the fact that treason against the United States consists of loving war from the outside. Or, if someone adheres to the enemies, give them aid and comfort. We have that in the White House. This is treason. This is not something of incompetence in Benghazi. This is all you need to convict somebody for treason. is a testimony of two witnesses to the same act or open confession in court. Everything is there. Why do we have to go through all this rigmarole and all these hearings except we don't have the wisdom to see. We don't have the vision. We don't have the clarity. That's what the messages are about, of Our Lady, to make us see clearly. We think it's only about holiness. We think it's only about prayer, going to Mass, fasting. No, you do those things so that you can have the vision to see. Go out into the streets, Our Lady says, and see the sin. She's not telling you to ignore it. Recognize and, and get away from it. She's come to open up our mentalities, to change my, our mentalities, to enlighten our mentalities, to recognize we're part of the problem. And therefore, to be holy is defined to be separated from that which is not holy. So if things are unholy in our culture, and we're all going along with it, if we separate from it, that simply results in a natural effect of holiness. That's our solution. That's our answer. And nothing else. And so here is this guy says, order extra food. Our food supply is going back down. We started Medjinomics. I started this show failing in, in for a long time that I needed to express the principles I put into action 30 years ago, 35 years ago. I was looking at everything. Pre-Medjugorje, thinking about this nation's in trouble when nobody could see it. Oh, you might have the perimeters in somebody's head, but if you're not biblically based, if you're not praying, you can't see the methods. And I know there are people back 30 years ago saying certain things, but were they changing their lives 35 years ago? Were they setting themselves up no debt 35, 40 years ago? God put me on that path before Medjugorje. I believe that's why I am with Medjugorje at this point, because I was already having those principles in me. In my heart. They've been greatly refined, greatly polished through these messages. We've got to look to the messages to see the decisions we need to make and do those decisions. As Maria said, and I've told you before, that I lay to her that I want you to be happy in this life.
We're experiencing peace and contentment. Oh, we're underneath the weight of the cross? Yes. But whatever happens and whatever we lose, if we're part of the two-thirds of America, which I think that's greatly understood, stated, because I don't think, I don't care how much money you got, you're going to be able to get through this without being scratched. No, without being severely wounded. Because money's not going to save you. And as Lord Monken, is it Monken? Lord Monken states, he surmises what we've been speaking here for almost, what, four years now? On this program. And thankfully, many people are here, and many people have sold the houses. People are getting into land. They are getting there. But now we feel the heat on this, so we're not getting there fast enough. Even us, we're not set up. Frank, I know you want to come in at this point. Well, it's going to be way more than two-thirds, because not one percent are really seeing this. But, you know, what you saw 30 years ago, and no one was seeing it, even though history is, is staring right at us. And, and Scripture says, in one hour, the wealth was brought to nothing, so certainly it will be sudden. Certainly, this Scripture has been revealed most recently in the Depression. One-third didn't escape the Depression. It was upon them. And there was nothing they could do. And the Depression came. It comes because you have to be accountable to natural law. At the time, there was a gold standard. And you had to be accountable to gold. What happens? You know, they're in the meeting, whoever they are, the tyrants. And they say, we've overspent. So what do we do? They come up with a plan. Now what do you think the plan is? And, And believe me, it is a plan. It is contrived. And we are way overdue. We've passed the 70-year, 80-year mark for natural law to say, um, you know, enough. But we're so dumbed down, we're not doing the things that we should be doing. We're not understanding that paper is paper. Jefferson said paper is not money. Paper is the ghost of money. Paper is poverty. It is not where you store wealth. It's not wealth. So it can be a means of exchange if it is honest and it is backed by a finite thing, and then it, you can use it for goods and services, but you don't store wealth in there. So you've got to get out. And uh, this is just simple logic. You know, we can't sustain ourselves in this, and it will be very sudden. And it doesn't matter uh, if it's today or tomorrow. We want to, as obedient children of the good God that made us and a good God that loves freedom, abandonment system of tyranny. We're always going through these cycles in history where we go from money to basement to fiat money to back to, you know, the people rise up and they say, no, I haven't given up on America. I love America. I don't like the direction that we're going, but that's up to us. They fired the first shot, gives us a direction to reform and take, you know, back what is ours, what our founding fathers gave us. Obama's uh, statement or his his talk that he gave at the University of Ohio is real interesting in that people are always measured about describing our president and reluctant to say across certain lines. The book they find the first shot really broke his icebreaker. He's a tyrant. It explains why he's a tyrant. Explains he's on the same path as Hitler. It's real clear. If you're new to this, the first time you listen to it, you're in Europe and you're getting, you're getting your media news that tells you that he's just a lovable, great, intelligent guy. You have to read the book. But nobody would say he was a tyrant. Nobody would explain that. 
but the heat's on. Obama said in this, he, he's quoted as saying in his speech, some of these same voices also do their best to go up the works. They'll warn you that tyranny always is lurking around the corner. You should, re- you should reject these voices, he says. Isn't that interesting? You should re- it, they fire the first shots, make an inroads. They, they, you should reject these voices because you're being illuminated to what's going on. You're seeing these things. They're perfectly content for these hearings to be blamed on incompetence and somebody needs to be fired or even Obama himself be impeached. And he'll beat that. They won't be content if you see the tyranny. This is all pre-calculated, a predetermined outcome. And it is a volume on a radio where it can be turned up or down at the time they needed it, and the heat again got on the voter problem at the time of the election, this thing done two months before, could be just said, hey, media, start reporting that. Divert it. Let's get the attention off of it. And so when we understand this, and we understand the tyranny that we're under, of course, we're there, it's there because of us, the Syrians have got the, the, the power over the Israelites because of their sins. We've got to recognize and repent where this comes from. But at the same time, we need to be coy. We need to be clever. We need to see the origins of this and where this is going. And don't even be diverted by it. Understand it. There's nothing you can do about it. But what you can do about it is change your financial situation. Get your money out of the bank. Get your patch of land. Build your village. Implement the battle plan and they fire the first shot. And spread this. Don't rest. Frank, if they need to contact you for about this or anything financial concerning the miraculous metal measure silver round, the one piece, and the one piece Lord Macken talks about exact silver coins, why this is the ultimate path to take because it brings conversion and it brings security and it gets you away from the system. So your contact... Yeah, we'd be happy to talk to you about this, so don't hesitate to call 877-936-7686 is our toll-free number. You can reach us by email at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com, and our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Any last comment? Yeah, just get these books to the people that you love. Read It Ain't Gonna Happen. They fired the first shot and spread them. Um, you know, we are seeing new people come to Medjugorje because of these things, and it's for your own protection, uh, first spiritually and, and physically, and the protection of the community that you're in, whether it's, it's where you live. Certainly, if you know you're where you are to stay, get this material into the hands of the people that you live with and live around. It's going to change your future and their future. Because this mission addresses different topics and different issues and places all these messages over them, Many people are coming to Our Lady, or at least being being made aware of what she's doing. They may not even be interested in it, reading Day Friday the First Shot and what the Virgin Mary has to say, but they accept the book. And I've always said this is the backdoor approach, because I know when the secrets come out, everybody's going to be confronted with this phenomenon, did Our Lady appear or did she not? Having read about it, having known about it, having it crossed their paths through issues that are of interest to them, economic Militarily, politically, marital, educational. The messages are the thread through every fabric of life. And that's what we write. That's what I put out. For the purpose of bringing Our Lady in through the back door. And then let her hand up from there. And many people indeed are being introduced to Our Lady. We just got a report that uh, 
of somebody who didn't believe in God, who was an architect on this, who is a long story, but you know, he just got saved. I may mention this on the radio the other night. But it's, it's bringing Our Lady to people through the issues of the day that she's here with those issues to bring the solution. And that's holiness, and that's separating. Also, too, don't, um, don't forget, a friend of Medjugorje is going to be uh, speaking in California uh, this week. The, go ahead, the dates. <laughs> it's uh, May 10th and 11th in um, Grass Valley, California. And then... Uh, Chris Ann will be there, too, right, constitutional attorney. That's a full day um, on the 11th. And a priest. Yeah, a couple other speakers. And then on to... Um, I don't have the dates in front of me myself. I think it's the 13th and 14th, uh, Southern California, and uh, Tucson, Arizona, on the uh, 15th, 15th and 16th. 16th right. Right. And there's information on, on Medjugorje.com uh, about, the, about these talks, the locations and times. If you're anywhere within the driving distance or if you have relatives who are within driving distance, this is something that you want to encourage them to take, a part, take part of for their own conversion uh, and for the conversion of their families and their loved ones. So uh, take these things seriously. We, we are not sure with the state of the world, and especially this nation, how much latitude and freedom we'll always have in the future. So take advantage of these times when you could come and have this encounter and ha- listen to a friend of Medjugorje share his experience with Our Lady and how you can put those messages into your life. And that experience will be shared with open meetings, and there'll be other meetings, which you can see on mesh.com, that will be closed meetings for only those who've read They've Had the First Shot. Because we start those talks off in a high level of, of being informed, being enlightened, and walking this path that you wouldn't know had you not read the book. So if you haven't read the book, you still have time to read it. If you're not finished the book, you have time to finish it. And you want to come to those meetings, and then the next day usually would be the Medjugorje General Talk, which is... Very strong as far as messaging and enlightening, and you can bring anybody there that doesn't even know much about Medjugorje. We also want to invite you and remember to July 1st to the 5th, Our Lady's going to be with us. Our Lady's going to reconsecrate, or whether we're going to reconsecrate our nation to Our Lady. If we needed it in 2008 and 2009 when we did it with her, and 2011, or rather 2012, those three consecrations, first and then two renewals. We need all the more now. What well, better place to be those dates? Bring your whole family reunion if that's what you're going to be scheduled to do. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. 
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.